Hey, Tab, you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back. He is my U.S. representative, my district. It is uh, Chip Roy. Chip, how are you? Good to see you. Good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing very well. I wanted to start with uh, the election from last night. But first, let me clear the air because I go into these these X spaces. And I'll, I've actually texted you when I'm in some of these. And, and they they seem to think that you're calling anybody who supports Donald Trump an MFR at some point. Uh, I, I only remember why you were angry that day. But uh, it wasn't about those of us who support Trump, was it? No, I'll tell you exactly why I was angry. I mean, first of all, uh, but we should get together at Worst Fest. I was there this last weekend having a, a beer and, and oh, sauce man. with my dad. Oh, yeah. That's good living. But, uh, but here's the thing. I'll tell you exactly why I was angry. Because there were people who were calling into my office and harassing members of my staff uh, over matters that were, frankly, completely out of bounds because somebody had put something out there that was totally untrue about me supporting Ukraine. Because I had simply said in an interview that maybe, just maybe, if Ukraine is funded, we should get our borders secured first. Yes. That was all I said. I, and I defended you on that. I knew that you were misrepresented, but go ahead. Yeah, and, and then a whole bunch of people, including people that I know, that were putting that out. And then my office was getting harassed by, frankly, a lot of people out there who are MAGA influencers out there in the Twitterverse and out there who fancy themselves really important, not yeah. constituents that are sitting in my district that wanted to call and say, hey, Congressman Roy, can you help me or explain some position? But people that are harassing People that I hire who are good people and they were being rude. And I was frankly, I'm over it. And I'm over it now. That was it's not that I was just mad one day. No. Yeah. You don't get to do that. All right. You want to call my office, you call respectfully, you've got a question about an issue. I owe that to my constituents. You some influencer around the country, pound sand, dude. Don't care what you think. Gotcha. See, I, I wasn't sure what that was all about, but of course the video went viral because you, your, your language was salty, yeah. which is fine, um, yeah. and, and I didn't get it. And people were like, he's calling you that, Pags. I'm like, Chip no. isn't calling me that for sure. No, not at all. And like, I want to be very clear about that. Look, I support President Trump. I support him if he's the nominee. I've said that repeatedly. Yes, I'm friends with Governor DeSantis. Yeah. I will be you know, going around and spinning tonight and talking to the press uh, during the debate about that, proudly so. A primary is a good thing. These people that are saying, oh, we don't need to do a primary. No, that's not the way our system works. Go earn it. We'll get a nominee and then we'll go out and win next year with whoever we get as the nominee. But we've got to do our job right now. And my job is to go fight for the people that I represent and not go listen to some random Twitter influencers. Yes, it's uh, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas, Chip Roy. Uh, Chip, I hadn't talked to you since. You happy with Mike Johnson as the speaker? Sure. So Mike's a good friend. I've known him for a long time. He's a very good man, good husband, good father. He's a constitutional conservative. Uh, he is from Northwest Louisiana. My mom grew up in a small town when she was a kid in the district that he represents. Uh, and I'm going to go visit Mike. I'm skipping a meeting with Mike right now. When you and I are done, I'm going to go meet with Mike nice. uh, to go talk about where we're going next. Uh, look, it's a tough job. We got a lot of work to do. And uh, I'm not going to give Mike a hall pass any more than I would have given Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. We need to cut spending. We need to secure the border of the United States. We need to hold the line on Ukraine, either no more funding or if there is funding, you got to secure the border. Uh, there are things that we need to execute, and we're going to go talk about doing that right now. And he's got a tough job with a thin majority, and you've got a recalcitrant Senate with Senate Republicans who are more interested in going after Tommy Tuberville than they are in actually doing their work to secure the border and helping the House do our job. So we're going to have to go hold the Senate accountable and then push Biden to do the right thing. And Hopefully, Mike will will do that, and we'll go work with him to try. Uh, hopefully, in your meeting with the speaker, you can do two things for me. I, I'm, I'm sure that you've already asked him about the first one, the January 6th tapes. We want them. Yeah. We want to see them now. Not at some terminal that Tucker Carlson's people can go look at. They should be released. We own them. I'm not really sure why they're not being released. And the second thing, tell them to come on my show. What's the problem? 
Uh, I'll be happy to tell Mike to much, and I'm sure he'd love to. I, I'm serious. I'm sure he'll do that. On the first point, I do not want to get in front of the speaker, but let me just tell you that I know where the speaker's heart and where he's committed to doing on that, and I'm pretty sure you're going to be pleased. But uh, let me leave it at that until uh, he gets the chance to act here shortly. You've always been an amazing champion for our tax dollars and stopping the out-of-control spending. Um, as as you and I have talked about, Kevin McCarthy did get rolled by, I believe, I'll use that terminology, Joe Biden, when it came to the debt ceiling. Yep. He And you educated me on this. He basically gave him an open debt ceiling, indefinite debt ceiling, until March of 2025, after the next presidential election. Right. That's not okay. So what can you do in the meantime? That's already, like, on the books. How can you ever pull back spending before March of 25, can you? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, that is an increase in the debt ceiling, right? That allows us to spend that money, but it's not actually an appropriation. So what we've been doing this year is to try to break the system and get back to what we're supposed to do, which is appropriations bills, so we can change the policies of the uh, Pelosi, uh, you know, uh, House last year. But unfortunately, you remember, 17 Senate Republicans sided with Nancy Pelosi to jam us with a spending bill. So now we're operating under a 45-day CR of that continued spending from last year, which I didn't want to do. I voted against. That was a part of the speaker's debate. And now that expires next January. So to answer your question, uh, my path forward would be to continue to move the appropriations bills. You got to give the speaker a little bit of grace now because of what we just went through uh, with the speaker's fight. Right. To give him a little bit of time. But we need to cut spending. And the way you do that is if you do any kind of a continued uh, uh, resolution or a stopgap spending measure, you cut at at least the debt ceiling deal levels, you cut spending by about 1%. You'll remember, I put forward legislation in September that would have done that. Uh, We weren't able to get that moved. I thought that was the right thing to do. But what I would do right now is move forward a a cut spending bill. I would do it in a couple of phases to isolate the Department of Homeland Security so we can go after them and border security. I would simultaneously move Israel paid for, take the money out of the IRS funding, which Mike has already sent that over to the Senate, but I would include that in the package. And the final thing I would do is that disaster spending 16 billion that we spent about a month ago, I would pay for that out of the IRS as as well. So we can honor our commitment to shrink the expansion of the IRS, pay as we go, cut spending year over year, and do our part to try to force security the border, which we're going to have to use Ukraine and the appropriations process to try to force them to do. Representative Chip Roy, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas. I should know this answer, and I think I do, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Have we gone back to the original baseline, or are we still on the on the COVID baseline? So we, we have, in certain appropriations bills that we passed, so we've passed seven appropriations bills of the 12. Uh, we've got several others in process. Some of those bills have gone back to 2019, which would be pre-COVID or 2020, kind of depends on the bill. Some of those bills only go back to 2022 or 2021, which doesn't go back as far as I would prefer. Uh, The overall spend is going to be closer to last year's spending level, but that is because we're increasing defense spending. Now, you know, if I were czar, I would go through and slash a lot of the bloat and bureaucracy at the Pentagon Our appropriations bill does some of that, probably not as far as I prefer to go, but we're increasing defense, cutting some of the bureaucracy, the woke crap, the DEI, all of that, and we're decreasing uh, the non-defense spending by 8%, roughly. That doesn't go as far as you and I would like to go, but it does go, uh, it takes a giant step down the road, and some of the appropriations bills goes back to pre-COVID. We're still negotiating that and trying to get it as low as we can. Now, that's House side. Now, we got to go fight it out with the Senate. 
I hope we can get all of it back to pre-COVID and then actually start cutting the budget because right. the only thing we're hearing from the Biden administration, all of his economic advisors come out and say, well, this is because the House won't raise taxes. We've got to go and get more taxes. We've got to raise, they're not paying their fair share. Biden said that in a speech last week. Uh, Jip, is there a fear that we're going to go back and roll back those 2017 tax cuts that we're all enjoying? Sure, of course, that's what the Democrats want to do. Now, you know, look, you and I, I might look at this, uh, the, that bill and say, well, maybe I'll tweak something or, to, or, or change one little piece here. But we need to have lower taxes to have economic growth. Yes. That bill created economic growth. And here's the actual truth. And you go like look at the Rules Committee debates I've had with Democrats. Every stinking week, they come in there and talk about the need to, cut, to raise taxes. And I'll say, listen, in the history of this country, there's only been two other times where we've had the spending level that we, I'm sorry, the percentage of GDP revenue coming into the Treasury that we have today, okay. which is roughly 19.1%. We did it at World War II, and we did it in 1999 at the back end of the, of the dot-com boom. Right. So three times in our history have we had close to 20% of GDP coming into the Treasury as the total receipts. That's not counting the states, that's not counting localities. My point of bringing that up, Joe, is that my Democratic colleagues, they protest too much. The tax policies in place have, are bringing in more revenue to the Treasury as a percentage of our economy than at pretty much any time in our history. So that is a complete fool's errand to go chase more revenue via tax policy when our problem is a spending problem, whether it's mandatory, Medicare, Social Security, Medicaid, veterans benefits that we've got to make sure the prices of health care is such that we can afford all that right or whether it's discretionary spending which is everything we're fighting about right now nobody's talking about that so almost 20 percent of everything is coming from tax revenue is I mean, yeah. that that's crazy to me 19.1 percent for 2022 now i think it's going down a little bit in 23 because of the biden economy sucking yeah yeah but in 2022, 19.1% of our gross domestic product came into the federal government as revenue receipts. That, again, does not count Texas, does not count states, does not count localities. You know your property tax bill. You know your uh, you know uh, sales tax bill. Right. Other states have income tax bills. You've got excise taxes. So the overall tax burden is a lot higher than the 19% of the economy, right? It's probably closer. I'm making this up like 30. I don't know. I have to go look it up. Right. It's uh, Chip Roy, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas. I had Mike Rogers on recently, the uh, yeah. former U.S. representative, now running for Senate out of the great state of Michigan. He's been a friend for a very long time, former FBI agent. I asked him how exactly the intelligence that's so good in Israel could have not seen October 7th coming. And he said Israel believed them. And, and Chip, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more. And give me your thoughts on this. Israel actually believed that the Palestinians were enjoying the peace that everybody was 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 living under. Um, they would go on national television. They'd go on RTV. They'd go on uh, Al Jazeera and say, yeah, we're living peacefully with the Israelis. This is wonderful. Everybody's getting along. And then the surprise attack happened. Do you believe that's what happened? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I wouldn't want to venture. I don't like to answer questions I don't know the answer to. The people yeah. that I trust that I've asked this question to, um, they would tell you that there's a mix of factors involved. A little bit of what you just said for some. Also, a little bit of um, laziness is not the right word. What is it? A little bit of sort of um, just getting too comfortable yeah. in, in, that, in that level of peace. It's not about believing. It's just sort of getting comfortable that Iron Dome and what they had in place was working. Yeah. Thirdly, you look at the attack. It was pretty much a rudimentary attack, right? It yes. was coming in and in gliders. It was, you know, busting through in the ground and just coming in and, and, and doing a sort of bum rush attack 
through some of the gates and openings. Um, and so some of the things I think were low tech, basically. So yeah. I think Israel maybe got a little bit caught relying too much on their technology and not just old fashioned intelligence and observation. And if you add all that up um, and there's some other political factors in there, not everybody in Israel is on the same page. Right. There's some differences of opinion than right. Yahoo and others. All that, I think, resulted in what we saw. None of it, of course, defensible. Uh, it's not like they came in and, you know, tried to go take out military installations and leave. No, they came in and raped women and beheaded babies and put babies in ovens and, you know, slaughtered innocent civilians. So, you know, uh, that's a uh, undeniable truth because we've seen it play out in real time and on video. As And as we look at it, and again, it's Chip Roy, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas. As we look at the aftermath, people are saying ceasefire. People are saying we want peace. Well, you had a ceasefire and you had peace on October 6th. When somebody attacks you, you're allowed to defend yourself and then, I believe, hit them so hard that they'll never do it again. But we've got people in Congress, and specifically Rashida Tlaib, I'll, I'll point out, um, who has been holding rallies and flying the Palestinian flag. And all of that is well and good. You and I agree the First Amendment does apply mm-hmm. to those in Congress. Uh, those are rights. But you don't, you don't, I believe that serving in Congress is a privilege, and we can argue about that if you want. But the, the, the way that she crosses the line for me, and she becomes like a Nazi representative in 1942 serving Dearborn, Michigan in the, in the Congress is when she does the river to the sea thing. Because yeah. at that point, she's not supporting the Palestinians. She's supporting Hamas, the government of what would be Palestine. That's a terrorist organization. River to the sea, Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea means there is no Israel. She's literally supporting wiping out Israel. Therefore, I believe supporting Hamas. Am I wrong? No, Joe, you're exactly right. And he raised a couple, three things. Number one, you talked about whether Israel has the right to defend itself with the full force uh, that they have with their military might. And yes, the answer to that is 100 percent. I always try to remind some people, let me ask you a question. If we had a bunch of cartels and a bunch of um, military folks from Mexico roll into Texas and kill 1,800 Texans and rape people and behead babies and throw them into ovens, what the hell do you think we would do? We would right. decimate. I know what we, we would, would do. Decimate our enemy on that, and and Israel is a hundred percent in the right to do that. Number two, um, uh, Congresswoman Tlaib, uh, way overstepped. This is not free speech. Okay, let me be very clear. I had this debate on the House floor last night um, with Jamie Raskin, and Jamie was defending this as free speech. Now, let me be clear. I do think we got to be careful about turning the House into this like automatic censure thing anytime we disagree with our colleagues. Agreed. But you said it very well. It is a privilege to be in the House. We're not undermining her free speech rights uh, by saying that what she did was wrong. We're saying that as a member of Congress, it was unbecoming of a member of Congress to say uh, the kinds of things she was saying about Israel, what you just pointed out about from the river, the Jordan River to the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, and what that really means. But importantly, attacking the United States for our funding of Israel and saying that that somehow is justification for the continued violence, i.e. exactly what happened on October 7th, the dismissal of what happened on on October 7th as resistance to an apartheid state. Those words are chosen specifically, purposely. She knows what she's doing in doing that. And we managed to get last night, Joe, 22 Democrats. Right. to join us in a resolution. Think about that. You know how divided we are. They it's don't amazing. agree with us yeah. on almost anything. 22 Democrats join with us to censure Rashida Tlaib. Now, that is different than what happened last week. I voted to table a version last week right. brought forward by my colleague, 
Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she did so in good faith. She and I have disagreed a little bit over the last week or two, but she did so in good faith. The language was just not done in a way that we could accept because it defined insurrection as something that isn't insurrection. Right. It was some individuals in the in the in the dome room right down the hall where I'm pointing here in Canon in this house building. Well, they they came in. Well, they violated laws, but it wasn't an insurrection. Those words matter. They matter to President Trump. Yes. President Trump is being targeted to be taken off the ballots under the 14th Amendment using this notion of insurrection. They tried to use it in January 6th against people and put them in jail under this notion of insurrection to water down the definition of insurrection in that would have been a disastrous undermining of people defending yeah. themselves for January 6th and the president trying to get on the ballot. I opposed it. I tabled it. We got a good one done, and we got Democrats to support it. Well, I think you and I agreed that why she was using the language. She was giving it back to the Democrats like they gave it to us. But I think you're right. You can't use that word because now you're actually giving them a free pass to use it. Mm. Last time, it doesn't make any sense. It's Chip right. Roy. Chip, Chip, I've got literally 20 seconds left, but it's a simple question. Are we going to have to wait until after the election one year from now to fix the border? Unfortunately, probably. I, I tell you the truth. I'm never going to lie, but I'm throwing everything I got at trying to figure it out. And I can promise you this. I am going to absolutely lose my mind and fight with every ounce of my being if they try to fund one dollar to Ukraine if we don't get H.R. 2 signed into law and get it executed. We only have the leverage points that we have. I'm going to do everything I can to use them, as I always do. You can only go to war with the army you got. And we're trying as hard as we can. It's uh, U.S. Representative Chip Roy, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas. He's my representative. We've got to go and grab a brat at, uh, at Worst Fest. Let's go do that. Amen. God bless, brother. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Great to have you. Really appreciate Chip Roy coming on. I wanted to, to talk about that. He called people MFers, but he actually said the words. Uh, and that video went viral a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago. I'm uh, glad that we hit as many topics as we did, including Rashida Tlaib and the censure. I'm glad we agree on that because a lot of people are trying to say, no, no, it's a First Amendment. She can say you can't censure her. Yes, you can. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. More to come. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pags Show.